Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Sellernomics. My name is Lisa Kinski. I'm joined by my co-host, Rob Stanley. And today we have with us a very special guest. I know we always say that, but this one's particularly special and dear to our hearts. Very special. A great friend of ours. We have with us Joey Roberts with AMZ Insiders. And we're going to be talking about how to scale your Amazon business from zero to one million in 12 months. So definitely tune in you guys let's go ahead and bring her on board joey how are you i am so great and i'm super excited to be here and this is my favorite topic so so excited that i get to be the one to chat about it with you yeah we're super excited to have you here and i mean you have a track record of being a, a really helpful influential coach in the industry but also a really successful business owner yourself um we just you know chatted on fearless sellers and you shared with me some of the struggles you had with like inventory and things so like you've you've if there's been an issue you've run into it right so um so let's talk about like scaling from zero to one million how does that landscape look now as opposed to maybe when you started selling or even just pre-pandemic I always say, man, I wish that the AI tools we have today were around when I was selling. I, I launched my brand that I built from zero to a million at the end of 2020, beginning of 2021. And I spent hours and hours and weeks and weeks digging into stuff, example, like negative reviews of of competitors or product research and digging into reviews that you can do in two minutes now with AI. So I just think it is such an exciting time to be selling and it's zero to a million is still hard, but there's tools that will help you, you get there further. So that's why I continue to sell because it's evolving and I just stay excited about all the new developments. What do you think? Yeah has sellers getting stuck? Where do they get stuck? Why do they get stuck? What are the hurdles to a million? The most common places people get stuck are one in the beginning, right at the beginning with their product research and product validation. And product validation can still happen after you have already spent some money on a small amount of units, maybe like 300 units. So I'm really talking about like, as you're getting started, people will get one overwhelmed and they'll get analysis paralysis. And from there, they may be, um, I don't wanna say it's not educated, maybe they're not uh, consistently pushing forward to get the help they need, whether it's from a software or a coach like me, to make sure that their, their products are gonna be set up for success. So that's like stage one is knowing your products, knowing your numbers, your keywords, and launching properly. So that's a, a real pain point. And then when you're off and you're, you're going, you run into some bumps, right? And they ride the wave. But 
a lot of people get stuck at making $10,000 per month. And they're just stuck at the $10,000 in sales. And once you get to the $100,000 in sales mark, you're on your way. Like you, you have it proven, but then you really are turning into a seller. And that is another place that I see people get stuck. And I, I, I felt it. I got stuck at both places and I was able to push through to a million. Yeah, absolutely. And Joey, talking about products, you know, you were saying that a lot of times people get stuck. What about like, how, what do you, what do you do or what do you recommend for people to get inspiration to kind of find that product? Are they just, are they looking for a product that's something they're passionate about or just, Hey, it's going to make money and, and the numbers prove themselves? Yes. And yes. And yes. Like all of that. <laughs> Um, I would love to sit here and preach like, hey, you need to be in love with your product and you should represent your brand. But truth is my zero to a million product was outdoor sports. It was geared towards men. I never put my face on any of the product stuff. To this day, people still are like, wait, that was your brand? Like, that's crazy. It was outdoor sports. But really, it's it's the passion to sell it is what I had. And then making money is why we're here. And that's why I say you really need to put your margins above your emotions. Like, I don't know if you know this story or any of this about me, and I want to share this with your listeners, but I keep this on my desk. This is like this weird strap. Um, I'm holding it up for anyone who's listening and not watching, but this is a strap that connects a stroller to your wrist. And when I had my only child, my kid Ford in 2017, I was on a mission to save strollers from rolling away from their caregivers. So I created this strap, which you can't even tell what it is. And I did what most people do. I went to Alibaba. I slapped on this fear-free mama logo and I listed it on Amazon. The price point was horrible. Margin in theory, was like 70% because I was buying this for so cheap and I was listing it, I don't know, like around $7. So I keep it on my desk as a reminder that the first product I sold and I sold it poorly and I still have like a hundred of them in my garage, but it does not define me. This is not the definition of who I am or was as a seller. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that's like my little reminder of when it's like fail fast on a product and make adjustments and then push forward. And that was a emotional product. And then I flipped it and I was like, I'm going to put my margins first before I even order a sample or validate anything. I need to check that the margin is there. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to put that up on the screen again, because this needs to be on a t-shirt. Put your margins above <laughs> your emotions. Somebody yeah. get that like custom inked and send it to Joey. Um, yeah. No, I love that. And I, I actually, I love the idea for that product too. I, cause I, we don't live in a world, at least in the States, I've heard of countries where you leave your baby in the stroller outside of the restaurant and it's totally safe. And we have this hive mentality of protect baby. That's not how we live. Like I would, I'm afraid of like somebody snatching one of my nieces or nephews when I have them or the stroller rolling away or mm -hmm. any, you have the dog attached to the stroller and then the dog takes off like any <laughs> myriad of things can happen. So I, I think it's a brilliant idea. Have you thought about relaunching it ever? You know, I did look it up 
And I was like, well, it sells now, I think for like $14. The thing that bothers me personally about this is that it's, it's kind of a funky product and it's hard to explain and it's not something people really think about. So there's on the marketing side to educate people that you need to uh, attach this to your wrist and your stroller. And then also I walk around my neighborhood and this is not the best way to test things, but Hey, we're all human. I walk around my neighborhood and I have handed plenty of these out to new moms. I will see them walking with it just attached to the stroller and not their wrist. And that mm. I was like, all right, I am not saving babies at all. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Seems like when you're researching in this particular case, it was like, you saw the need for it, but was there a bigger need for it? Like, sure, a few people are going to want that, but it sounded like maybe it's just, it's not something that's big enough that everybody needs, right? And and is that something that new sellers should be looking for? Uh, you know, a product that is in demand, that people are going to want, there's a need for it. And maybe how do they go about uh, finding that? Yeah, exactly. You want to be solving a problem and you want to, if you're solving a problem that has already been solved, solve it even better. Like find a product, make it even more innovative. Like um, you brought up dogs, right? It, I like to think of the glow in the dark dog collars mm -hmm. or the reflective dog collars. Well, hey, why not just make one that actually has lights all around it? It's just so much easier. Push a button, your dog's collar will actually light up. You know, you can have it blink, you can have it be for holidays, whatever, but just make an, it's solving a problem. And now people will see your dog in, in the dark or turn it into a vest and have it light up for Christmas, things like that. And that's really going forward. What is going to thrive on Amazon is having innovative products that are solving problems that people really need and also can connect to the brand. So you're, they're building, we're building brands around our product, meaning people actually care who the people are that are selling the product instead of just buying a product to buy it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what about Joey, when people are dealing with factories, so let's say they, they found a factory and they start to deal with, you know, a factory, what kind of advice can you give or things have you seen that make it a little easier dealing with a factory, getting that product made and getting it to Amazon? I like to say, keep it simple, especially if it's a new supplier factory that you're trying to talk to. I write things out really clearly in bullet points and I will send pictures and mock-ups to them to get to the yes or no as fast as possible. Like if we're doing this silly stroller strap, like, hey, can you make it in this other material? Can you put three different rings here and can it light up? and be rechargeable, right? Those are my like four things. And I list them very, very clearly so that you can get the, the yes or no. And you have to think of it as a partnership when you're talking to manufacturers and suppliers and be extra nice and helpful because it's almost like a job interview. If they say yes and they can do these things, they're gonna become the extension of your business and you need to rely on them so much. So that's one tip. My other tip, which I learned the hard way growing very fast in 12 months is you need to have backup suppliers. So if it's not one supplier over another, it is, can I use both of them? And maybe in the beginning, one gets a smaller order. 
Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and what about like, what would you recommend? Because it's hard to get those really great like payment terms or unit pricing or anything until you have a lot of volume, right? Like there's power in numbers. So, you know, in addition to bullet pointing everything, getting to the yes or no as quick as possible, how do you, I guess, empower the sellers that you coach to get the best terms possible early on before they have that volume, like while they're growing? It depends on the price of, of the product and the quantity. I mean, you can always try to order more quantity to help lower it. And I will say kindness goes a long way and you let them know, Hey, I want to be a long-term partner and these are my goals. And I think just being transparent and a human in a person gets you better terms. The other tip I'm going to give you, if you're going through Alibaba is fill out your Alibaba profile as much information about yourself as possible, because then they're going to respond to you faster and they're going to take you serious instead of just a Gmail and a couple sentences like, like go through it and fill it out because you have no clout and there's other people reaching out to them who could be your competitors. So any little bit of more of your profile and information you can give them, they're going to like you a little bit more. Yeah, they see that level of investment that you're putting in. It's almost like dating. Like if you, well, neither of you were on the apps, but on the apps, it's like, if you only give me three of the fields that you can fill out, you're not that serious about this. I want to know all yes. of the things, you know, exactly. it's like that. <laughs> no, and now it's funny because I'm like, um, whatever the highest tier is on Alibaba. So I have to be very careful if I send one email, they are hounding me because they know how much money I have like sent through the platform. So then I get scared. So I'm like, you know, on the dating app, I'm like the sought after one. <laughs> so I'm like, ah. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's that. hilarious. Yeah. You guys, yeah, we so, are going to take, hold go on, let's take a quick break real quick because we're, we're about halfway through. And then when we get back, Rob, you can ask your questions. So we're going to hear a quick message from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. All right, you guys, be sure to have it over to gatita.com forward slash sellernomics for the first $400 in FBA reimbursements free. We are back with Joey Roberts talking about how to scale from zero to 1 million in 12 months. Rob, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, so once you've secured this, let's keep moving. So once you've secured this uh, supplier and uh, let's go into listings and listing optimization. I know that's a huge area. I'm sure you got lots of tips you could uh, give everybody on that. Yeah, your listing is your storefront. It's your way to say, hey, come on in and welcome them. And it all starts with your photos. And photos and videos are so important. And just think about it. It's like first impression. So what I like to do is just go onto Amazon and I'll put in my keywords and see what shows up. And I want to look better than all of those photos. And that's where I start is how can I look better and get somebody to click? And there's, there's softwares and cool things to do. Speaking like we started off, um, I wasn't able to test very much before I launched my products in like 2020, but now you can test all of your first images. So test and make adjustments and test again. 
for your photos. And then when it comes to your title, your keywords are definitely important, but just speak like a human to your audience so that they read the sentence and it has your keywords in it, but that you're you're the brand and you're a person. And they're gonna say, hey, this, this speaks to me and click on it. AI is great and you can use AI for that, but you have to manage it to make it sound like your your brand. So right out of the gate, everything should have your brand voice. Yeah, it's, want, you're right. I the, gotta give it, go ahead. The imagery is super, super important. And I, I realized I was looking for something yesterday or two days ago, Christmas shopping online. And I realized I've been in this industry long enough now. I would say too long, but that's not true. But like, I'm looking at these product images and I'm like, you know, this would really be a better listing if they added this as their like hero image and they need to swap this order. I was like, oh God, I've been here too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly where I was going. I, it, I was looking at a golf glove and I'm reading the title. Okay. The images were good. The title though was keyword stuffing. So it was saying oh. that you could improve your slice of your drive with this glove. I'm sorry, I'm not a pro golfer, but I've been golfing long enough to know that that's impossible. That doesn't do that. So it doesn't fix certain things. So it, you could tell they were just keyword stuffing it. So it was it was pretty crazy. Well, so let and if you just on that topic, like I, I I most commonly feel like I see keyword stuffing and just like an inaccurate listing when it comes to kids' products because yeah. they will just put toy, you know, truck toy for boys two, three, four, five, they're listing all of the ages. Mm -hmm. And then if you have the actual product packaging in one of the images, it clearly will say age four and up or whatever mm -hmm. it is. It's like, that's just going to lead to more returns. If somebody gets this and they're like, wait a second, this is way too, you know, advanced for the kid that I'm buying for. This is a choking hazard. And like, it'll just, it's just going to hurt you in the long run. Like be accurate, yeah. but be thorough. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And that's a good point is show your packaging in the photos. And that's kind of a newer thing as well. Packaging is becoming more and more important. And on one of the products that I'm launching in January, I have spent the most money I've ever spent on packaging design in all of selling. And I'm proud of it. And I'm very excited that I'm going to be able to put the packaging design in one of my seven images. Nice. Very nice. Now, Joey, what about, uh, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the product listing and everything. What about, let's talk a little bit about descriptions. You know, what what kind of key things should they have in the descriptions? And then maybe also let's transition a little to uh, PPC and how important is that? The description is same needs to be on brand point. And that is your opportunity to dig into so much of what the benefits of the product and the problems that it solves. I like to leave A plus content for really digging into uh, the get to know me as the brand. You, you have to think in the description of talking to why this solves the buyer's problem. And that will is an opportunity really where you can close the deal in, in a sense. Because if they are reading your description, they are really thinking about buying your product. So go ahead and just talk to them directly of how great it's going to be instead of like Lisa was pointing out stuffing it into, and you were pointing out the golf product, stuffing it into the, the title, right? It's like, use your description to help 
to help with your brand voice. And absolutely on the topic, as they're taking this road to a million, I'm just curious, are sellers able to do this? Well, first of all, we're talking about a million in revenue, not a million in profit, right? I, I feel like all of the Instagram sales. in sales, a million in sales. Okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like all like the Instagram, TikTok things are like how I made my first million dollars and bought a Lambo. It's like, no, that's not how it works. There's, there's a cost to running a business. <laughs> but my cost but, was 999,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. They don't call that out. So I, I'm curious though, on this road to their first million, are, are sellers able to do this solo or will they need to build out a team within this, these first early stages? Like when do they need to get help? I recommend doing everything yourself and you need to completely understand it, especially your Amazon ads, your PPC and any ads that you're running off of Amazon. You need to understand every single dollar that is going in and out before you outsource any of it. Really for me, zero to a million, I did do it all myself. And People that I coach sometimes get frustrated because they want me to say, oh, no, go use this company and go go do this. And it's like you can outsource when you want to as long as you completely understand what the task is that you're handing over. But if you're handing it over like PPC, especially because you you are frustrated with it because you're not understanding it, then you're not ready to hand it over. Yeah. Yeah, you have to have a good understanding of it before you give it to somebody. Now, uh, Joey, either your journey or others you've seen, you know, you got this first product going. When is kind of a good time? Should you be working on that second product of when you're going to launch it as you're kind of finishing the first one? Or when when is a good time to launch your second product? Yeah, I, I always have more and more products on a list that I would like to launch. And here's a kind of a a mishap that I did is I had my first product had three variations and that was 80% of my sales that got me to, to the million dollar in sales mark were, was that one product with the three variations, but yet I had product development happening all the time. And then I would say, okay, I'm ready to launch the next product, but then I couldn't spend as much time marketing it and thinking about it, even like the capacity I had because I was dealing with other uh, situations as a new seller. So I think for me going back, I would have liked to have waited. I launched my second product probably three, four months into selling. And I would have liked to have waited to give it better opportunity to have my time and be marketed better by me. So I think it's also depends if one of your products is completely taking off like mine was, and I was at like $200,000 a month on, on this one, let's call it three products, one product, three variations. So then I really had no business launching more products because I couldn't get a handle on the ones that I was selling. But if your product is stalled at $10,000 in sales and you're consistent and you're comfortable and you have more time, then I highly encourage people to, to launch more products because that is another fast way to get to a million is adding more products in. And then we all know you have to be consistent. So you are consistent on your first product. You'd be consistent with your first product and your second product. Yeah. 
that's that's a good point. This isn't just zero to a million with one product the first time. You may need to diversify the portfolio. It's it's kind of contrary to the topic of the day, but I I am always curious like what the experts in the field and experienced sellers have to say to the question of how will sellers know when it's time to pull the plug? Like when should they get out of it on that product before they like lose their house, you know? <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's that fail, fail fast and fail quickly. And that's why I say focus so much on product validation, like where people get stuck with not validating their products. Right. And I think if you're at the point where everything is going backwards and you need to go back and revalidate your product. And now that you've been selling, you have brand analytics and you have your uh, search query reports. So you really need to dig in there and revalidate with your keywords. And if you see that you're not getting the opportunity with keywords and you've tried everything to go after those keywords that you feel you have done, then it is probably time to say goodbye. One one main reason I see people needing to shift is at some point they took too long to launch. And it's like your idea was so great 10, 10 months ago, and then it you didn't launch you know, for, for those 10 months and there were other competitors that came in and they took the keyword. So the opportunity was smaller when you joined than when you first validated. And that comes with moving quickly and not getting the analysis paralysis and making choices, but making smart data-driven choices. Yeah. I, you had mentioned analysis paralysis earlier, and we're recording this in the month of December. I don't know how anybody gets anything done in an Amazon business. I had to have my boyfriend come over and help me decorate my tree because I got analysis paralysis where the <laughs> ornaments go. I don't know how anybody gets anything done. But on the on the topic of, you know, okay, your competitor got in and got that keyword a little bit before you did. You waited too long to pull, pull the trigger. Is there any time where you've seen a seller need to just pivot away from maybe the U.S. marketplace? Of course, it's the biggest, right? You're going to have the greatest audience here and generally the most success. But is there ever a point where you've seen, okay, we might need to pivot away from here, but it would do really well in Canada. It would do really well in the UK. Like has moving, because international expansion has been such a hot topic lately, right? Has that pivot abroad ever led to success or usually like once... Once it's not validated, it's like pretty dead in the water. It can. It brings some uh, logistical issues at first, and then you have to get help to do that. So it really depends on where you're manufacturing it and how that is. So for my outdoor sports business, uh, I was getting tons of calls from Australia and New Zealand areas. My manufacturing, um, I ordered majority of this stuff from China, but I was also having to have some of it uh, modified somewhere else. So logistically, it cost a bit more to be able to bring it overseas. And I, it was selling great in the US. I'm just trying to picture in your question, like if the US wasn't doing well, yes, it would have done well over there, but then you kind of are recreating everything for those specific markets. So Typically, I would say do everything you can in the U.S. to sell. And then once you've exhausted everything in the U.S., you can tiptoe into other markets. But typically just saying, hey, I'm going to sell this in 
Australia, I don't think will save you unless you have a specific product that is better for Australians. Like I, I don't know why I'm thinking of sunscreen, right? Because it's like super hot there, and they need normal sunscreen. Sun is ridiculous, and I had to buy some while I was there because I got burnt the first day. I was uh, I was unprepared. They need some right. So then if it's like a product that you can really hit, knock it out of the park, then yes. But my, my guess is if your product already isn't doing well, it's going to be really hard to just say, okay, Hey, I'm going to just set it all up over in Australia, Australia. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe a sunscreen company has experienced that. (laughs) So Joey, what about, you know, as new sellers get started, uh, what kind of products or categories should they be avoiding? Like that you just, it's a struggle or a big investment to get into, but they see all these dollar signs and they're like, I can do it. But which one should they uh, kind of just maybe shy away for, for their first product? That's, that's a funny question. I get this question all the time and I say it's funny because one, two reasons. One, my first products had an electrical component. People are always like, don't sell anything electrical. I'm like, yeah, you know, I saw that and I thought, yeah, well, I'm not like everybody else, so I can do it. So I had no problem with the, with the electrical part. Now, what I did learn is anything breakable. So there was like a small glass piece and oh, that was a huge pain. So I would say anything that is breakable and it's your first product, totally stay away from. All right. And here's something funny. One of our rock star members in AMZ Insiders, uh, I know him personally when he joined, like, you know, acquaintance for a long time and he came, wanted to join the program. And he's like, I'm going to sell a supplement. And I was like, you know, out of the gate, I personally think a supplement is uphill. It's a lot to market unless you really understand SEO like Rob does, right? Like I would never talk you out of selling a supplement, but you know, this guy doesn't have a SEO algorithm type knowledge. And he said, you know what, I'm going to sell the supplement anyway. And I was like, great, because I can coach you on anything. I just have to tell you the warning. Well, his first month he passed $15,000 in sales. So that's good. That's uh, really good. I mean, I I would avoid supplements and I know what I'm doing, but right? you know, it's, I think, I think, you know, when I sold your theory was right. Like we, we usually were looking for something non-electronic, didn't go in your mouth or on your skin, right? Like there were certain guidelines because also some of those, and we didn't really touch too much on this, but you know, some of these things you sell, they were going to require certifications or, or tests, yes. or they're going to have to go through a process. So that's something you need to think about also, you know, anybody who's looking to get going or get selling is that, you know, they, some of these items, you can't just buy certain items in China, ship them over and start selling them on Amazon, especially, you know, we talked about kids, uh, kids items earlier. Uh, those are one of those items that, you know, they require testing and a lot of different kinds of things of paints and what can go in the mouth and age groupings and all that. So, uh, yeah, be, be careful on some of that. Joey, before we kind of wrap up, I know we, we covered a lot, but I would like to hear just if there's anything we did miss that you would like to make people aware of when they're trying to scale to that million dollars in the first 12 months, uh, go ahead. Yeah, my best advice for all sellers trying to get to your first million is just keep it as simple as possible. Like outline 
where it is you want to hit these milestones. And if it's like month four, I need to be at $200,000. Just know how many units is that that you actually need to sell? And how are you going to get there? And I'm not one to just pile on tons and tons of marketing because it's zero to a million. You're learning and doing it all yourself. So keep it simple. Know that there's going to be mistakes. Adjust and keep pushing forward. I love that. I love yeah. that. And so um, you mentioned one of the rock stars within AMZ Insiders. What is AMZ Insiders? Tell us about that. Uh, AMZ Insiders is a coaching program and we teach Amazon sellers at all levels from not even having a product to sell and just the desire to sell on Amazon, you know, or an Amazon seller who's trying to get up to 10 million or into retail. So we really have a full coaching program. We have a team of coaches who have actually gone through AMZ Insiders. We all believe in the tried and true methods. We've actually been around since um, 2017. So we have uh, helped thousands of people and entrepreneurs get products on Amazon. And the I did the program. Actually, that's how I learned to sell. And what helped me was the one-on-one -on -one support, like being able to say, hey, this, is, this happened with my product and here's exactly my situation. And then I could get support for exactly the problem that I was facing. And I know that we've been at events before where AMZ Insiders has hosted like a happy hour or sponsored, you know, a dinner. Um, do you guys have like meetup groups virtually or in person? What is like the, you know, in addition to the one-on-one -on -one help, what is kind of the level of engagement that they can expect? From the program. At least once a week, we have a live training. This week, we've had three live trainings. But yes, yeah, so I like to think of it as getting your advanced degree of selling on Amazon. So we have weekly trainings. We have several small group opportunities. We have an online community where everyone can ask questions. And then we have one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that also involves some um, one-on-one Zoom calls. So it's, I like to think of it as a done with you program, but it is a step-by-step -step guide to meet you where you're at and to get you as far as you're ready to go. I love that. And if people are interested in learning more, or if they have any questions for you directly, where can they reach out? You can reach out to me. I'm all over Instagram or email is fine too. My Instagram is joeyroberts.official. And then my email is joey, it's J-O-I-E at amzinsiders.com. And then our website has some information, amzinsiders.com. Then um, yeah, my podcast too has tons of information where you can hear my full gritty story on my Fearless Sellers podcast. I love it. Huge plug there. Rob's been on the show. Um, yep. I recently recorded my episode. There's been so many incredible guests that you've had on there. So um, highly recommend five-star review from me. Um, but Absolutely. Joey, thank you. Thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing all this amazing knowledge. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for everybody who tuned in today. If you guys liked what you heard, please be sure to give us a thumbs up, share your thoughts with us in the comments, subscribe to the show, and we will see you on the next one. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics Podcast. 
Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.